Hello, everyone. Welcome to Small Town Big Business. Thank you for watching and listening to us today. We're coming to you from the Citadel Building downtown Marion, Illinois. And Small Town Big Business, of course, is about the businesses that start in small towns across the Midwest and what makes them happen and what makes them thrive. And again, thank you for joining us. My name is Russell Williams, and I'm with Allison Hassler, and we have a special guest today, Celia Robertson, managing broker and owner of House to Home Realty. Thank you so much for being yeah, here, Yeah, thank Celia. you for being here. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. Excited about this interview. I am too. I am too. I love talking <laughs> about real estate, so I'm ready there to go. There you go. Great. So before we talk about real estate and do that deep dive into what you do, I would love to know how you got started. Well, um, I would love to sit here and say that I had a thing for real estate all my life and I just, you know, had a passion and all, all of those nice things that people say. But honestly, I met a girlfriend that had a real estate company and she said, your personality, you would be great at real estate. And I went, oh, okay, that sounds really interesting. And I was in between jobs. I had worked for an educational consortium. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Southern Illinois Collegiate Common sure. Market here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was a financial person there for years and then... Uh, the funding kind of dried up, so I had to do it, go a different direction. So on the advice that of is this, a different direction, isn't it's it? A total different, <laughs> direct, total different direction um, from accounting and numbers to people. Yeah. So um, yeah, so this friend said uh, you'd be really good. So back then, which would have been 14 years ago, it was very easy to get your real estate license. I literally went online, and three weeks later, I was a real estate agent. Really? Wow. Yeah. Not knowing one thing what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she said I was good. Let's see. Um, so I started working for um, my friend, but she had, she was in a different county than what I was originally from. And a lot of real estate's about relationships and people, and you know who yeah. you know, and those kind of things, referrals. So I got back into Williamson County, and I went to a franchise, and uh, everything was fine, except that we then hit the housing crunch. Okay. Mm. 2007, 2008, yeah. mm. and everybody was upside down on their mortgage. Yeah. And I thought, uh, there's got to be a better way to do this than just charging 6%, put a sign in the yard, you know, the same old thing. Yeah. And um, I started a for sale by owner website because everyone was trying to sell their house on their own. Okay. And my managing broker at the time did not like that. Yeah. And I said, think about this. Let's think about what this could do. Because I'm going to have a relationship with these people, and chances are they're not going to be able to sell it on their own, which we can dive into later why. And, um, well, she didn't like it, and she fired me. So I am eight months into being a real estate agent, and I don't have a job. And I thought, well, the only thing I can do now is get my managing broker license and start my own company. Wow. So here I am. Yeah. So you you moved... From something that you had done for a very long time as far as the financing and accounting, you move into something you've never done before. Knew nothing about it. You took that leap of faith and became a real estate agent. And eight months later, we have a housing crisis. You get fired for trying to help the the people that you're trying to serve. (laughs) (laughs) What was going through your mind right then? Because it sounds like you're an abundance mind thinker. You, your immediate response, it sounds like was that, okay, my next logical move is to become a managing broker. Was there ever that second guess? Like, Oh gosh, what did I get myself into or any of that? Um, I remember sitting in my garage and my sister, um, I always tell her, this is all your fault. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> she lives in Florida, and I called her up, and I said, what am I doing? Yeah. I said, I have little experience. I'm getting ready to go up against franchises that have been here for 30, 40 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. actually, the same people running them. What, why, what am I doing? And I will never forget her. She said, you're not going to know until you try. Yeah. yeah. So you might as well give it a shot. If it works, it works. And I thought, okay. Amen. And I didn't like want to make oodles and oodles of money. I just wanted to supplement and survive. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Um, but you thought something would work even though someone told you no. Yes, because I, I had this vision of we got to do it different. We, we can't yeah. keep doing the same thing that they've been doing for 30 years. We got to do things differently. Yeah. Wow. So I did. And. Here I am. Yeah. So let's talk about that because you did come into this with a very different mindset. Um, it may have been a little bit based on the circumstance of the housing market crash, but you were willing to look at real estate and real estate agent listings in a totally different than, way than the traditional six percent, uh, you know, six percent commission and just making that just that is status quo that doesn't change well you changed it i changed it can you talk a little bit about your the business structure that you have well i we yeah. i have i had it then we've changed oh, okay it since so, then. so i kind of need to talk okay. about that as sure. we go and why i changed um i did a flat fee where you could buy your commission down if you paid a fee up front to me and the reason i did that is because i needed capital money to keep me going and so they would pay me nine hundred dollars and i would take their commission down to 3.9 percent wow and i mean at that time when everyone was upside down and they could, really couldn't afford to pay the six percent commission it worked perfect for me and for them and for the seller yeah. so um i'll never forget the first time someone walked into my office it was just me here in marion a little bitty teeny tiny office that i rented and they actually handed me a $900 check. And I'm like, whoa, did that just really happen? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was my first one. And I guess that was back in 2008. Yeah. And one led to another and to another and to another. And then next thing I knew, I was, you know, going, climbing up the ladder and starting to catch the big guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, everybody was kind of confused at first. And like all the other realtors, thought, didn't think they were going to get paid as much. And I said, no, you're going to get paid the same other realtors, meaning from other companies, you're going to get mm -hmm. paid the same with our co-op, meaning that's what we agreed to pay you. I'm taking the hit on the list side. And was it a lot of work? Yeah. I mean, I did a lot of work for next to nothing. Yeah. But those people were happy. They sold their houses. They got out from that uh, financial crunch that they were in. I made a little bit of money, and I was growing my business at the same time. Yeah. Wow. And you were growing out of a crisis. I think that's the amazing part is that this has all started. Your story started because of a housing crisis right. and you mm -hmm. wanting to do something different and taking that risk. I don't know if it had been a housing crisis if I would have done it like that. Yeah. I might have just thought, well, let's start this company and let's just do what everyone else does. But I just knew when I was working for the other company, this isn't going to work. It's yeah. got to be different. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's talk about when you went from you were your own real estate agent and managing broker because you were allowed you're if you're not familiar with real estate, which I'm learning about myself, is that you being a managing broker, you're allowed to work for yourself. Right. And so when was it that you were able to hire that first person to to work under you or with with you as a partner? Well, it's kind of like at that point, 
any warm body that wanted to come work, I would take them. And the reason (laughs) being, I was getting so big, I couldn't handle all the clients on my own. I needed that body. I needed that other realtor to come take some of the load off of me. Trying to convince another realtor to come from another company where you're going to make less money Mm. is very hard. Yeah. But I had that first person that came, and uh, she she ended up making $40,000 her wow. first year. Wow. Well, then after that one, and they saw it, and then the next one came, and the next one came. And next thing I knew, I had an office in um, Energy here in area, and, uh, you know, six or seven agents, and yeah. it went from there. So that first person, did it feel like you were a success because you were able to get somebody else that was doing the same? It felt so good because... All the other realtors are going, what is going on with house to home? Yeah. You know, they're getting all these listings, they're getting bigger and she's now getting agents. You know, then I started having some interest from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you about your strengths too, because you you seem to be developing strengths as you're Mm -hmm. doing this because accounting was the background, but people is the direction that you head in. So how did that happen? Um, I don't know. I just took that leap of faith and I had to do something. And once I got into it, I'm like, I like this. Yeah. This is fun because you're helping people and you make lifelong friends. It's not like the lumber yard. Let's use the lumber yard again. You know, people go in there and they buy a hammer, they buy some nails. You, you're probably not going to be invited to the wedding of their daughter. When you're in this business, you, bec- you have friends, lifelong friends that you, that you keep in contact with. Yeah. So what's your That's favorite amazing. part about being the business owner? Um, well, the favorite part is I do get to make the decisions. Um, I love doing the marketing. Um, I think I kind of have a knack for that. So I, I like that. The other part that I like is the group that I work with. When people say it's a family, the, uh, you know, there's 38 or 39 of us, we truly are a family. Um, it, when someone's got a, something bad going on, in their life, we all pitch in, help, and I just love that about being in that group. It's not like you go to an office at 9 o'clock and you leave at 5 and you forget everything until you go back the next day. This this is family. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. And I love that. Wow. So you have been in bez- business for, let's see, 12, 11, Since, 12, uh, 2008. Okay. So, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever that is. laughs> but you did, you went from zero to almost 40 real estate agents that work for house to home. That's amazing. So I know that there's a lot of, uh, you know, growing pains and pivots, whether that's structure or your business uh, system. What were some of those things that you you had to do along the way as you were growing? Growing too fast was an issue. when you start getting a lot of agents, then you got to really start looking at your employee policies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, just all of those things. The, the growth was really hard on me, to be honest with you. But the good thing about the growth is then I could hire people to come on and help me. Yeah. And not just realtors, but, you know, assistants, office staff, um, you know, the, the social media person, that kind yeah. of thing. So that was the, the plus side of the growth. The, the bad side of the growth is, I mean, I was working 16 hours or more, more a day sometimes. Yeah. And as a real estate agent, you are never not working. Yeah. Always on call. Always on call. You know, my favorite is it's a Friday night at 8 o'clock and the client will call and they'll go, I know it's Friday night at 8 o'clock, 
but and I want to go, but you're going to call me anyway. Because <laughs> they do. And that's the part of being in a wheelchair. You have to make that one person feel like they are your only client. Yeah. And it's not a big deal to take that call Friday night at 8 o'clock. Yeah. But you may have 20 other people that, are, that might call at the same time. Yeah. So. But as you pointed out, it's a relationship that you're building yeah. and that's why you return their calls and that's why they're willing to call you yep. after hours because yep. they there's a trust there. You that's what real estate is all about is relationships. Um, I don't know if we want to get into this now, but just about everybody knows a realtor. You probably mm-hmm. go to church with one, you know, you ball league kids, you know, you know one. That was one of the hardest things that I had to to overcome is why are they going to call me? when they already know somebody and these people have been doing it for years. So I had to come up with a better service. I had to answer my phone at eight o'clock at night. Um, had to do it a little different. Mm -hmm. So that's, that was my, my initial uh, business plan was to to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that. We, you had mentioned that it is in itself, it's saturated market. Real estate is a, you know, it's a, it's something that, um, you can do regardless of whether you work full-time or, mm-hmm. or that's your full-time job. You can do it whether you have a high school diploma or a PhD. So there's a lot of people in real estate. So what are the, let's see, maybe the challenges or you, you really kind of hit on the, the challenges of being able to stand out and how you overcame that challenge. What are some of the benefits of being in what's considered a smaller community. So we can say broadly Southern Illinois, because I know that you cover much more than just Marion, but you cover a multitude of other communities that are around here. So what are some of the benefits to having a business like this in a competitive market, but in a small community where we most likely do know a handful of real estate agents, um, regardless of where, you know, where we shop, where we go to church, things like that. Um, what I like about being in a small community is it's good and bad. Everybody knows everybody. So everyone does know a real estate agent. Um, but I, I like the fact that it is relationship built and that we do know some, so many people and you really get to know the area. I mean, I know Heron, Energy, Marion, Carterville, the back of my hand, you know, someone calls me up and says, Okay, I am, you know, I'm looking for this, this, and this. I think, okay, you need to go this direction, or this is where you need to go. I think if you're in a bigger metropolitan area, you probably are just focused on a little section, mm-hmm. and that's all you have to know. Yeah. But here, you get to know, you get to know the whole Southern Illinois. Yeah. You know, you you need to know the Lake of Egypt. Yep. You need to know all about that. You know, if they're calling, they're saying, "Hey, I'm in this price range," and you know, we're kind of looking out in in the woodsy field with a little bit of water. Boom, you know, you can answer that. That, to me, is part of the joy of working in a small area. You, you get to know it all, and you yeah. get to know everybody. Yeah. Very cool. Can you think of challenges that you've had growing the business, or is every challenge just an opportunity to do something? You learn how to do it. Um, there's a lot of challenges that come up. I, I can say this about real estate in general. No transaction, no deal. None of them are the same. I mean, there are some crazy things that happen that you're like, you just, you're just not prepared for it. And I don't just because I'm the managing broker doesn't mean that I have all the answers. There's times I'll be calling uh, like Brenda Hilliard. Brenda's been doing this for thirty something years, and she she may say, "Well, I've never had that happen. I don't know." So we'll get together as a group and we, and we just sit down and we talk about it. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a challenge. It's not like every day is the same. Yeah. Every day is different. 
Yeah. So that's a little bit of a challenge. Um, the laws change a lot. You know, we have to stay on top of that. Um, I have a, a trainer now that, that uh, follows and, and watches and looks, and then anytime there's a, you know, something new that comes up, uh, we meet like once a month, and we go over all those things. We, meaning the whole group, we have a monthly mm-hmm. meeting, and we'll say, well, guess what, guys? Now you can't do this, or now you got to do this. So yeah. that's a little bit wow. of a challenge. Yeah. It's not the same thing every day. But what I hear is that you're not by yourself yeah. and with these challenges. That you're, you're taking a team, a team approach. I am not one of those kind of bosses. I never say that anyone works for me. I always say they work with me. Yeah. I'm not one of those bosses that say, okay, you screwed up or you shouldn't have done it this way. It's like, okay, that's different. Well, let's sit down and figure out what we got to do about it. And yeah. we work as a group to come yeah. up with an answer. That's great. That's what, amazing. What a leader. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what that is, yeah. It is. It's exactly what it is, yeah. It is. So going back to being in a small community, are there other reasons that you would stay here versus picking up and moving your business to a, maybe a larger area or an area that where you know that um, competition is less or, you know, Opportunity is more. Or opportunity yeah. is more, you know, maybe a higher cost of living area, which would mean higher values of homes, things like that, things that you would think about in terms of growing your business. Is there, you know, specific things that the small smaller community that maybe doesn't have the astronomical home prices, although we are in a housing market boom, mm-hmm. it seems yes, like are, right yeah. now, yes, we are. <laughs> that uh, that keeps you here and keeps you enjoying what you do and excited to wake up being here in Southern Illinois. Yeah, because you can do this anywhere. Yes, yeah. I could. I could. And back in the day when I was a starving artist, I was thinking, let's go to Nashville. Let's go to Texas. Let's go someplace where... The house is sold easier and more expensive, yeah. um, but I've stuck it out here. I'm glad I've stuck it out here. Um, I just, I just think this is a quaint area. I just, again, I'm just going to repeat the fact that I just love the the people here, the relationships, the community, the support that you get from the community. I don't think that you'd get that in a big area. Yeah. Um, my, I was not really born here. My dad was in the service. I traveled around the first 10 years of my life. But I've, I've basically been raised here. My kids are here. My grandkids are here. My friends are here. I'm not going anywhere. This, is this to me, is a great, great place to work and be. Yeah. So what's the number one resource you think that you find here in small town, mid-America, that you really couldn't do business without? Well, the community... Uh, well, again, we're a little bit different. Um, we give a lot back to the community, and we just surpassed $100,000 in donations and fundraising. Holy cow. Yeah, it was, since 2016, I think it is, is when we started this. Um, and the, the brokers, because we're not franchised, we, do, uh, we don't have to pay franchise fees, they give a portion of their commission. It's not a lot, $10 to $50, and then I match that. Uh, we give back to the community to different charities. Um, I I, ju- I just feel that that's the. It's like you ask the question: Are they supporting me? No, I'm really supporting them, and that's what makes me feel good. Yeah. Because there's a lot of need in small towns and small yeah. areas. There's a lot of needs in the metropolitan area, but I just don't think that's the focus when you get into a big city. Yeah. I think there's more of a focus here. 
when you're seeing it and you're seeing that, you know, we need a boys and girls club or the yeah. promise needs or the food pantries are hurting. Yeah. So um, that's part of our goal is to give back to the community. I couldn't do that without the support of the other businesses around here. When we have a fundraiser, you know, and I call the lenders and I call the title companies and the pest control and the home inspectors and say, hey, can you, you know, give a donation to help us put this fundraiser on? They absolutely do it. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah, And that's so true. I see your brand on all of these recognitions for mm-hmm. charity work here in this community and throughout Williamson County. Um, it's consistent. They, this community has been kind to me. And so there is absolutely no reason not to give back. And yeah. that's just how I feel. I have seen when we do the food pantries for the local food pantries and we bring them to the office to give the checks, they cry. I mean, they literally cry because they, they, and a lot of them will say, we just were out of, you know, we needed this so desperately and it just makes you feel good. Yeah. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. (laughs) And your philanthropy is, it's, it's so amazing. And being able to touch multiple, um, community organizations that serve the, uh, the vulnerable populations in our community. It's, it's so amazing because you can also, I mean, you probably know either somebody that volunteers for it, for that Mm -hmm. organization, or you've, you've met the people that have, their lives have been touched by that organization. And so it's not just writing a check and sending it off and hoping that it's going to be used in the right way, you actually get to see that in action. And I think that's really neat. And I, I just got to give props to you guys then how much you have done with your philanthropy and your giving. And I just think that's an amazing component of your overall business structure. Thank you. It, it is. Um, I just need to real quick touch on when you were talking about, made me think about the Carnival Golf Scramble. Carnival's a small town, you know, 5,000 people, 6,000 people. Mm. We had a golf scramble, and what we did with the funds is we went to all the small businesses that were affected by COVID, and we bought gift cards for them. We walked into um, one of the Italian restaurants and bought $600 in gift cards. I wasn't there. It was one of my brokers that was actually there. He said she broke down and cried because their air conditioner had just broke the day before, and it was six hundred dollars to fix it. Wow! So how good is that? Yeah, how good does that make you feel? I mean, you know, so people go, they buy a house from us, we make some commission, we take that money, we you know, we donate it back, we we use it to put on a fundraiser, and it's just a big circle. It's just of a small community helping everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. You did the same for Boys and Girls Club too. It's like there was a need there to bring a new Boys and Girls Club right. to this community, a, a new club site. Um, you organize your own fundraiser we had instead of waiting for somebody else. <laughs> we had a music trivia that was fun. We're going to do that again. I That's think we're awesome. going to do that in the fall for the food pantries because it was such a good time. Yeah, I heard it was great. Yeah, we're going to do that again. That's amazing. That's a leader right there. Yeah, you absolutely. don't sit and wait to be volunteered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. take charge and do it. Hello, this is Allison and Russ, and thank you for joining us on Small Town Big Business. We want to take a moment and thank our sponsors for making our podcast possible. We want to thank Fowler Heating and Cooling, the Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond Harley Davidson and RV, the Watermark Auto Group Foundation. Swinford Media Group, and of course, Union Street Arts. You can join the small town big business community by subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen. Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, TuneIn, 
Podbean, Apple, and YouTube. If you want to know more about Small Town Big Business or the Ethos Project at the Citadel Building in downtown Marion, Illinois, just contact me at russell at watermarkethos.org. Thanks again for being with us today. Now, back to our show. And I don't want to get away from, I'm not selling real estate. I'm, I'm busy. I am busy doing this because I, you know, I am the manager broker and I do a lot of this on my own, but you know, I've got 38 people out there selling real estate, you know, that go out there and we've totally revamped since when I started with real estate to how we're doing it now. Um, Now we charge 6%, but the reason we charge 6% is because our marketing is so much superior, I feel, yeah. mm-hmm. than everybody else's. We've researched and found ways. The most important thing with real estate is your website mm-hmm. and your online presence. So I have researched to find a way that people from outside the area will find us. Okay. Um, but to do that, I mean, it takes a lot of money. Sure. But these people coming from Chicago, coming from St. Louis, moving to this small town, I want them to find us. So we've kind of revamped everything. We've got our own magazine. We do our videos. We do commercials. So now I'm on the other end of this spectrum. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to charge you 6% because I'm giving you the best of the best that you can get. So what else do you tell people that are looking at small town opposed to living suburbs or big city and they're thinking about coming here or a job or something brings them here? What do you tell them about this place? Well, see, because of COVID... People are starting to leave the Mm -hmm. the big metropolitan area because they can work from home anywhere. We're starting to see that trend. So, I mean, they'll contact me and, you know, I'll say, this is a great little area to live. I mean, it's just, you know, and I can, we've got brochures and we've got things put together that I can send to them. But, you know, the biggest question is, okay, how many children do you have? Are schools important? Um, Do you like swimming? Do you, you know, are you into hiking? You know, and then I say, okay, I, you know, I think we need to go down to the Macanda area if you're into hiking. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. Because we got it. We got it yeah. here. We got just about it. Just about anything and everything that you can want is right here in Southern Illinois. And sometimes living here, you fail to uh-huh. see the beauty of it. Yeah. Until like that's look, why we're doing this podcast. Exactly. It's <laughs> like there's so much that people don't know. That's right. We'll get in our jeep and we'll just take off on a beautiful Sunday, and we'll may end up at Bald Knob Cross and. Even just driving up to Effingham and seeing that big, beautiful yeah. cross. Yeah. I forget about that until you turn that corner and it's yeah. there. And then you've Interstate got, 57. Yes. Yeah. And then you've got yeah. Bald Knob Cross. And then you've got Cave-In Rock. And yeah. there's the hiking in the... in the History. History. Yeah. Yep. All the little Wineries. markers in the ground. Wineries. <laughs> Wineries. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's always something to, to do here. And, and Marion, in particularly, we were just talking before, we you know, about how we're beautifying the city and putting yeah. all the murals up there and i suggested we get some angel wings yeah because that's my thing i just i love angels yeah we did that down in nashville yeah oh is that the one you did that nashville we did that one in nashville yeah yeah i've had my picture picture there before (laughs) well we need it here exactly i uh being in the tourism industry i have also learned that most uh, most of my metropolitan guests are not used to being able to drive and and cover so much distance in a short amount of time. And so I've learned myself that if I'm going to explain that, you know, Fern Cliff is right down the road, it's only 12 miles. 12 miles sounds like a lot because that may be two hours of traffic time. Exactly. So I've learned to convert everything into minutes. And I say, oh, well, that's a 
you know, 10 to 15 minute yeah. drive just down the road and it is gorgeous. You can spend the all day there, look at waterfalls and, you know, all the things. So I've learned a little bit about the the metropolitan differences and, and that traffic, that, that yeah. is something that we just don't have here. And that it, that brings me back to my childhood. My um, aunt lived in St. Louis, and we would go see her. And they'd say, well, we're going to go get a pizza, and I'd be great. You know, we'd get in the car, and it'd be a 45-minute drive. And I'm like, we could be home by now. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. So, yes, he, the, that's a very good point. The traffic here is nothing compared to the city. And you're right. Yeah. You can get anywhere from. But if someone's an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and you understand mm-hmm. entrepreneurs because you are one, but if someone's young, um, or maybe older, uh, my age, and thinking about a, a change in my life and wanting to be, you know, I've got a great idea and I want to start something. Most of us think, well, I need to take that to where there's more people because business environment and sales. Why here? Why, why would someone think about business environment here? What kind of uh, support that, or benefits do you think if someone could start a small business here? Well, first of all, this I'm sitting here with the two of you right now, um, this is an absolute wonderful thing that you guys have done. And it, the, this area is full of things like this, yeah. uh, full of people working together and ideas. Um, I, I, it may just be a personal thing for me, but I can't imagine living anywhere else where, where you have the support. Because I, I, I may be wrong. I have never lived in a city, so I need to make that very clear. But I can't imagine thinking, okay, I want to do this small business. I want to open um, a winery or an orchard and being able to have the resources up there that you would have here with our chamber. Mm-hmm. You know, our chamber, yeah, is, really, commerce, chamber yeah. of commerce is really good. The fact that I know a lot of people at the chamber and I know a lot, of, I can just pick up the phone and call them. I don't think you're going to be able to do that in a metropolitan area. It's too big. Yeah. You know, down yeah. here it's, we're not small by no means and we're growing as as we know, uh, you know, every every year we gain people. Um, a lot of people, as I know, are moving into the area. Um, we have several people that are that are moving in from the St. Louis area to, to come down here, just because of what we just talked about—the wineries, yeah. um, the the closeness. They just want to get out of that metropolitan feel, yeah. and uh, this is a great area to do it in. It is. Yeah. So we have. Uh, so we're sitting here at the Citadel Building, which is the um, name, the flagship for Ethos. And what Russ, being the director here, is, uh, you know, forming and developing as a program for small businesses and providing those resources for people that are just getting started mm-hmm. and need those resources. So let's bring it back to 2008 and maybe in some of those growing pains that led to where you are now. If you were to talk to yourself about being an entrepreneur and uh, what resources would you have tapped into yourself that would have helped you along the way? Obviously, you you figured it out along the way, but what would yeah. have, what are some of those resources that could have made it a little bit easier? Um, I probably would have reached out to the chamber. Um, I was like on a search for a place to rent mm-hmm. an office, um, and I didn't do that very well. Mm-hmm. I, I probably should have come to the chamber and said, hey, at that time, I didn't know the people in real estate like I do yeah. now. Where can I go to find an office? Um, I might have checked into a few more of rules and regulations about starting a business. I just kind of, you know, 
I really just flew by the seat of my pants on all of this. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's kind of my personality, too. I'm like, oh, we'll make this work. We, we can yeah. do this. We'll make yeah. it work. But, yeah, I probably would have, you know, asked for a little bit more help and support versus just plugging along on my own. Because there were some mistakes that I made that I thought, hmm, I probably should have checked on that first. Yeah. But, yeah, I would have reached out to the chamber a little bit more, yeah. you know, and got a little more help on uh Starting up, I also probably would have researched a little bit more on the marketing material. Um, a lot of it I probably should have done on my own instead of paying so much to, mm. to get it done. I know now that I can, yeah, we could have done that without paying a whole big sum of money. I could have uh, capitalized on that a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah. other than that, it's really gone well. Um, I had the community support. Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people like the underdog that's, you know, just starting out and, and you know, they want to see you, you know, achieve and do well. Uh, that's what I feel about this community. You know, a lot of people were cheering me on. Yeah. Way to go. Good yeah. job. That's good. Yeah. I know. think that's special about this community, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. There is a, a lot of, um, you know, pat on the back. She did a good job and a lot of support and how can we help you? Yeah. I mean, I can name half a dozen people that if I had an issue, I couldn't figure it out accounting, for example, uh -huh. mm -hmm. that I would know who to go to and ask. Right. And I could trust that they would honestly help me instead of being competitive or being, um, you know, well, well, I don't have time to deal with you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one thing was my computers and networking. And, you know, that's so important in real estate. I knew nothing about that. Well, there was, you know, another realtor that says, she goes, oh, I use this guy all the time. He's just a local guy and, you know, tapped into him and I'm still, he's still helping me. And yeah. so. Great. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would like to share with us about being a very successful business owner in a smaller town uh, and, or anything that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, Let's see. I kind of, I would like to just read this because I, I kind of typed this out this morning because sure. when you were asking those, those kind of questions, I think Southern Illinois, Southern Illinoisans are amazing people to work with and network with. Maybe we are small town in comparison to bigger cities, but I'm constantly impressed with the big ideas that develop here. We have some real go-getters and innovative thinkers who make that this an exciting place to work and live right now. I Got all that written down, like you know that I think that summarizes it perfectly. That's yeah. a fantastic statement. Awesome. So. I love it. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you, Celia Robertson from House to Home Realty yeah, here in you. Southern Illinois. <laughs> it's a fantastic business. I thank you for everything you do for our community. Uh, I love how your your business has really grown. And how many employees, or not employees, but partners that you work well, with? Well, they're they're called ten ninety niners. Is what we yeah. call them. They're not official employees. Um, we, uh, we've had as many as 43, I think we're down to 38. We had a couple move, yeah. uh, one is retired. So it fluctuates, comes and goes. There'll be a whole new school of realtors that are getting their license that will come back on board and yeah. we'll be training them. Wow. So, well, you are a great leader. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate it. you Robertson joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, this has been you. really pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, we want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for watching us and listening to us on Small Town Big Business. I am Russell Williams with Allison Hassler. You guys have a great week. Thank you so much. Join thank us again you. for the next podcast. These podcasts drop every two weeks on your favorite podcast platform and also on our YouTube channel. Again, Small Town Big Business. Thank you for watching.